0: Purpose built, all right. Purpose built. What what are we trying to do with this season, uh, with this series that we have uh, provided for our church? Firstly, it is to actually uh, ask those big questions in life: Why am I here? All right. What is the purpose of God creating us? And ultimately, later on in the second part of this series, uh, move into the what is God's purpose for the church? You know, we are. Already twenty this year, uh, moving into uh, the beginning of another decade. So we got to really ask God, what has God called us to do? What is the purpose of our church? What is our meaning in this time in history? All right. So, so yep. After uh, some feedbacks from different people, so allow me. All right, this morning to reintroduce this series to everybody once again so on the personal front we want to talk about uh, and find answers to some of the most intrinsic questions of life all right maybe at some point another I don't know about you I had that encounter in my uh, later teenage years asking questions like why am I here why am I here in the first place all right what is the reason of my existence? Who made me? And and, and is my life uh, meaningful in that sense? And that leads to the second question: What is the meaning of life? Is this life going to be significant? All right? Is this life going to be significant? All right? Am I am I precious? Uh, am I am I worthy? Am I valuable? I'm like a speck of dust in the entire universe. So who cares about me? You know, who cares about what I want to say? Who cares about uh, how I live my life? And, and all these questions, at some point, all right, if you had, have not asked yourself, you'll probably creep into our lives. And probably in this season, when the world is so changed, uh, these questions are no longer just a whisper, but a shout in our ears all the time. And then finally, the third question perhaps is the question of what is the purpose of my life? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with this life that I've been given? All right, Uh, For us who are believers, this life has been given by God. What am I supposed to do with this life? Am I only supposed to be born, go to study and then work and then get married, pay bills, buy a house, get married, have kids, and then have grandkids, place more money, investment, and then make sure we uh, prepare enough for the next generation. And then that's it. Is that the whole summation or not of our entire life? So these are all questions that we want to find answers for. So these are very important questions dealing with existence, significance, and the intention of our lives. Can we just dive in right now. What is the meaning of life? Does this life have meaning or not? Is it significant? So let's try to attempt to answer this question and look at it from the teaching of the Word of God and what does the Word of God say about this, all right? Now let me say this, the meaning of life is really to have uh, the, what is the word, to have that the meaning is that it has to be connected to the purpose, all right? The purpose for what, why we have been made in the first place. And when we discover the purpose, it will guide us into our growth, into our development, and into a life of service. You see, this burning desire on the inside of us to know what we are made to do, but before we can get on board in that, We need to first understand why we are here in the first place why we are here in the first place why why am i in malaysia why why am i born in this time in history all right those are questions that we want to find out the answers for remember the meaning of life has got to be connected to the purpose i will illustrate that further all right mark twain said this the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. The day you are born and the day you find out why. But let's get into the scripture. What does the Bible talk about when it talks about why we are here? All right, so number one, the question of existence. The question of existence. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 6 to 7, it says, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Why am I here? Each and every one of us, we are made by God. We are formed by God. We are created by God for His glory. And this is fundamental. This is the basis of why we are all here, alright? So remember, God made us for His glory. God made us so that we can give praises to Him and to be invited in a personal relationship with the Creator Himself, amen? Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says, For from Him and through Him and from Him are all things, to Him be the glory forever. Again, in Romans it says, it is for the glory of God forevermore. And that's why we have been created by God, in order that our lives will bring Him glory. This this answers the questions of Existence, one more, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to verse 16. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers and authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. So everything that we see. Is created through Jesus and for Jesus. So when we attempt to answer the first question of why am I here, all right, it is to address that and help us realize that we are actually made for Christ. We are created by the Almighty God for divine intent. And uh, in our lives, when we talk about whether something is spiritual, something is secular, whether you know this is uh, 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 this is in the sense divine or this is not divine. every part of our lives is spiritual. Every part of what we do is worship. We are created for him and for his glory. We are created for him and for his glory. That's the reason why you and I are here. I know it is still a bit vague because like, so what am I going to do, right? Now that I know that I've been created for the glory of God, it still doesn't answer some of the bigger questions like how am I supposed to live and all that and many other things. Don't worry, we will get there um, as I continue with the message that I prepared today. Are you with me? So right on the foundation, every one of us, we are made for the glory of God all right so you can type there I'm made for the glory of God I'm made to lift up the name of God I'm made to give him praises and give him all the honor all right that's why I've been made in the first place but the second question is then what is then the meaning of my life if if I'm just made to worship if I'm just made to give him glory What is the meaning of my life? What should I do? uh, Do I just sit there every day and just read my Bible and pray and worship God and that's it for me? Alright, what is, and, and when we talk about meaning, it talks about significance. It talks about value. How do I then project my value in the society that God has put me in. Like, why am I in Malaysia? Why am I in America? Why am I in Australia? Why am I in Indonesia? Wherever we may be, am I actually precious? All right? So, the meaning, the worth, and the significance of our lives can only be seen when it is connected to its purpose. The meaning of our lives can only be seen when it is connected to its purpose, all right? And in order for us to understand that, we must first connect ourselves with the source. In order to find out what is that purpose, it has to be connected to the source. And the source of life is none other than God Himself, all right? None other than God Himself. For example, all right, uh, here in front of me, there is this apple pencil, all right? In order for this Apple Pencil to have worth and significance, um, we must first find out what was its original purpose. All right? And in order for you to know the original purpose of this Apple Pencil, it has to be connected to the source. And who is the source? Apple, the company that made this pencil. Because unless it is uh, connected to Apple, the source, the original design of this thing, you can get pretty confused with this pencil because you know what? It looks like a pencil. Uh, It's a tip like a pencil. In fact, it is called pencil, but yet it cannot write on paper, on a physical paper. It doesn't, there's no lead. You cannot write, right? So in order for this Apple Pencil to have meaning, it's to go right back to its purpose by its source, by its creator. Alright, so Apple, the creator of this Apple Pencil, created, designed this pencil so that it can be written on iPads, on iPads, on tablets. Unless you know what it was made for, it will never have its meaning. You can use it for a lot of other things. You can use it as a lighter kind of a paperweight. Uh, You can use it like me perhaps sometimes... You know, use it like a clutch because we cannot hold our mic anymore in all our zone meeting. I need to hold on to something, right? So I hold on to this thing. But of course, I don't show people I'm holding to Apple Pencil, but it is a little clutch. Is it wrong? Maybe yes, maybe no. But it wasn't what this Apple Pencil was designed for. And therefore, it will not live up to its worth and significance. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Psalms 139 verse 14, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. So in order for our life's meaning to be discovered, it has to first be connected to the purpose, be connected to the source, which is God Himself. And the Bible tells us, better than any place for us to find an answer and the definition of this, it is that it was God who made us according to His own image, male and female. And not just that, the psalmist tells us That we are not just made, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. Which means, you and I today, we are made out of a divine mould, alright? We are made out of a divine mould. And that is where the first place of the significance of your life is. The significance, the value of who you and I are, it's not on the exterior, the the things that you do first or the things that you have. The value of your life is not determined by all these other things, external to who you are, but the very birthplace of value in life is on the inside of us when you and I know that we are actually made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's significance. That's worth, and that's your value. Why is this important? Because it goes on to say that I am not an accident. Are you with me? I'm not a result of some random natural selection that somehow or rather, I just happened I just came into this world. And it answers a very critical question, is that I did not come from nothing. You and I do not come out of nothing, even if some of you, your parents may not plan to have you, it only goes on to tell us that it wasn't our parents, but it was God who planned for us in the very, very first place. It was God who planned for us in the very first place. When God spoke to um, the prophet Jeremiah, before I lay the foundation of the earth, I know you. God knows us. God God thought about us. God loved us before the foundation of the world. And God gave us a calling, a life of what to do before He even made the universe. And, And this was a very important question that I asked because if God made the world first and then He made me, then Am I just being made by God to take care of the world? Because God needs some workers. But if God thought of me first, before He laid the foundation of the world, that means the world was created so that through everything that I see in this world, I can encounter and experience God. Are you with me this morning? God knows us. He knows us even before the foundation of the world was laid, that day, I realised this. It gave my life such meaning, such worth and significance. All of us, we are not an afterthought. Alright, type there, I'm not an afterthought of God. What do I mean by that? It wasn't like, you know, God created the universe, the heavens and the earth. The first day, God created uh, this and the second day, God created that. The third day, God created... oh. On the sixth day, God created everything and thought, oh, I've got some extra raw material uh, in this garden called Eden. And you know what? Guys, uh, talk, talk to the angels and say, hey, you know, we have this extra stuff. What shall we do with it? Uh, shall we make uh, something out of our own, my own image? Uh, make human being. Make Adam, you know. And then after God made Adam, kind of like, oops, raw material, run out. So let's, let's pluck something out of Adam and, and make another person called woman, name her Eve, because I ran out of material again. No, 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 no. That was not how it happened. God knew what He was doing and He's decided that long before to invite human being an opportunity to fellowship with Him, an opportunity to have this amazing divine encounter and relationship, with the Creator Himself. And I want us to know that is our life's highest calling and purpose and privilege. He made us so that we can experience Him. And, and now we ask the question, because we are made out of a divine mole, the cry of the human heart always points us to the God who created us. Because that was where we come from and there's this longing, there's this desire to ask questions like why am i here because every one of us we want to know all right and we want to know what was the original meaning and purpose and significance and the why we are being here and there's this longing to reach out to the divine being some call it god because that's what we know from the scripture some call it the universe Some call it a higher being. Whatever it may be, the truth remains. There is a cry for significance. There's a cry for reason of why I am here. And there's this longing for you and for me to reach out to the sovereign God because it is only when we encounter this God that we can be satisfied by Him. Number three, the third question is, what is the purpose of my life? The question of intention, alright? So when the Bible says, Pastor Kifa, can you get me a glass of water? <laughs> <clears throat> to be made in the image of God does not mean uh, we have similar features uh, like having the eyes that look like God's eyes. Are, are you with me? When we are made in the image of God, it doesn't mean uh, we... we You know, your nose looks like God's nose and all that. Thank you, thank you. This is totally not planned. Sorry, guys. So, So then, what does it mean when the Bible says, all right, what does it mean when the Bible says that we are made in the image of God? That means you and I can be identified with God's attributes and God's characters. What was deposited into mankind into humanity when we were being made was that a little of the attributes and the characters of god were infused into us so in order for us then to understand that we have to first understand god's character all right because it is true that then we begin to understand our purpose to recognize our purpose that guides our growth and our service to humanity. Are you with me or not? So, which means, right, God first puts something in us because He made us in His image, all right? Then there must be traits that is on the inside of us that is uh, similar, all right, to the traits of God. So unless you know this God, how are you going to know what was the divine purpose of God has made us to be? And until we recognize that, growth, It's going to be tough. Development is going to be tough. Serving, all right? And in service of humanity, of our community, it's going to be tough as well. So we go to that very beginning, the very birthplace of how we've been made in the image of God. Number one, if you want to know what is the intended design by God for me, number one, I need to know that God is the creator. All right, the God that was introduced to humanity in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We are introduced to a God so powerful, Elohim, so creative, that He has the ability to speak and things take place. He has the ability to speak and that whatever that He imagined or before it happened becomes a reality. And so there is this creating nature that was on the inside of god that when god made us therefore this wanting to create nature it's on the inside of every one of us why because we are made in the image of god so in one way or another we want we too are creators empowered by god creators who are empowered by god of course when we look at ourselves we, we are not God. We are empowered by God. So our ability to create is not like how God created by speaking from nothing into something. We create by the work that we do here on earth. We are, we are called to be creative, all right? So that is why um, that inner desire within us to create stems from God's creative nature, And we create by being fruitful, being productive, being progressive, and being innovative. And so that is intrinsically on the inside of us. But apart from that, apart from that, that God is creative, God is also productive. God is also productive. God told Adam, be fruitful and multiply. And so in the creation account, God worked for six days, and then He rested on the seven. Now, God did not rest because he was tired. God rested because it was a pattern for us to realize that, hey, you have worked six days, enjoy the creation, and then take it as a day of Sabbath to remember the Lord your God in worship. Amen? So, but God was very productive. And uh, how do we know? Because things get done at the end of every day. And then it was the first day, God saw that it was good. It was the first day, God saw that it was good. And then it was the second day. On the sixth day, After God created mankind, God created humanity, and God saw that it was very good. It was only on the sixth day, God says it was very good, and then the work comes to an end, it was the sixth day. Everything is done for a reason. So here, this verse, Isaiah 55 verse 11, displays God's character on being productive apart from uh, the the Genesis creation week account. 55, Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Again, there's a natural desire on the inside of us to get things done, to be productive, and to move our work towards a goal, towards a purpose and so it is intrinsically something that comes from the father well it comes from god the creator from the god who purpose whom we should be because we are made in his image and so there is this longing for everybody to to want to do more to achieve more uh, pastor Keith's favorite line is what is it pastor Keith? there must be more there must be more right and and that I like this studio feel, huh? it's quite, making it quite natural for me. Um, there, there is this longing for, for, for more, right? And, and it didn't come from nowhere. It came from God. It came from us being made in the image of God. Uh, I can go on and on and on. Um, there's no end to how God has made us to be, but I, I have to pick three, otherwise we'll be here the whole day, right? Number three, um, one of the traits of God is the call to complete the task, all right, that God has assigned us in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. However, Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, Paul says, can you type my only aim? My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, testifying to the good news of God's grace. Yes, in your work, please, please be creative. Please be innovative. Please be progressive. In your work, yes, please be productive. Please, you know, all the talents, all the gifts that God has given to you and me, please use them all to the fullest so that our lives will reflect the glory of God, But not only that, yes, our work matters. Yes, our productivity matters because that is our longing on the inside of us, but also to not forget, to complete the task that God has for us. And that is the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Testifying to the good news of God's grace. And that's how we bring Him glory. Amen? To to go back to where we started, to give God glory in our lives is an overriding, overarching uh, uh, purpose of our lives, but in the actual doing. This is what we are to do. Again, as I said, this is not exhaustive. We, we, these are not the only three things that how we are made in the image of God, all right? But I decided to do this three, to give us enough for us to discover our life purpose our life's intention of what we are to do with life. Next week, Pastor George will talk about calling. Next week, Pastor George will talk about how then do I know what am I supposed to do? What is the biblical teaching of the calling, right? So, however, you know, now that you have heard all this from me, it is suffice to say that it's impossible for us to know ourselves until we know the Creator. It is impossible for ourselves to know why am I here until we know the original design we've been planned to be as His intention for us. Why was I made? And what did He want me to do when He made me? Can I say this? The creation can only find its meaning of existence through the Creator. The creation can only find its meaning of existence through the Creator. So just as we cannot understand ourselves apart from God, the Creator, we will never be able to understand our place in history until we realize that we do not exist in isolation apart from the mission of God for all humanity. Amen. You know, um, when when I first realized I'm here to live my life for the glory of God, that these are the things that God has put in my heart as a burden or as a calling or as a purpose and a privilege. There was one question I couldn't quite figure out was why was I born now? Why am I alive in this period of time? Why, why wouldn't I be born like 100 years ago? And there was this one night, it, questions like that just keep coming back to me. Why wouldn't I be born in 2080 or thousand two hundred, you know, year 2250 for that matter. Because by then, life will be quite interesting because perhaps by then we all can fly, you know, with gadgets and stuff and all that. So I eh, started, you know, how, you know, I started asking all this question and uh, until in the discussion of this series, you know, Pastor Andrew says, we've got to understand this, the mission of God in this uh, uh, framework. And the framework is the creation, and then after that, the fall. From the fall, the redemption, and from the, the redemption, the recreation. This is the mission of God. Amen? This is the mission of God. Creation, fall, redemption, recreation. And when you begin to see the big picture of what God is doing, and this is the will of God, the Father, the Creator, the Savior, the Lord, the Master of our lives. Then we begin to ask the question, then God, where do I fit in in your will? Because when we understand the big picture, we will understand what we are supposed to be doing. And how do I fit in into the big picture, the grand scheme of things of God? As I draw to a close, I want to give you this uh, illustration. Um, You know, so one day, two horses uh, were talking to each other. And they're talking about their existence, they're asking each other why we're here. And uh, so, so they, they started saying, oh no, uh, I'm here for this specific purpose because uh, one horse is black and the other horse is white. So so they, you know what, I'm a better horse than you because I'm like this. Oh, no, the, 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 the black horse says, no, 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 that's not true. I'm better than you because I am like this. So they, they, from a discussion, they have an argument, and from the argument, they went into disagreement, and from disagreement, they went into like heated debate between the two horses. And then the more they question each other, question who is better and why you're here and what you're supposed to do, they, they now has nothing else to talk about. They begin to question their color. See, you're black. That's why you're not as good. No, 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 no. Black horse has always been better. If you, if you go and search races, uh, you know, black horse usually wins more than the white horse. The white horse is rare. Then the white horse saying, exactly, because I'm rare. That's why I'm precious. I'm better than you. And as they talk and they, sh- and they started talking, they, they realized something that yeah, two of us are horses, but you actually realize that we don't have legs. Oh, if I don't have a leg, I, mean, I don't have legs, can I be ridden? I- I'm not big, not exactly small. So, they started talking to each other. They started fighting. They come to a place of confusion and disagreement and brokenness. They couldn't figure out what they were for and why would they were even there. So until one day, they realised this, that they were neither racehorses, there were neither horses, who is better? Whether black is better or white is better They're just different because of why? Their only job was that they could jump over other pieces in order to capture the enemy pieces The two horses were actually two pieces It's called knights in the chessboard So they were fighting, they have no legs, they look like a horse Yeah, they are horses, but they are knights you see, sometimes human beings are like that. We ask questions, we you know, I'm better. Look at me, I'm white. No, 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 I'm stronger. Look at me. I'm black. No, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm you know, you know why these two horses was never able to understand the very purpose of their design because they need to see the chessboard. They need to see the chessboard. When they see the chessboard, they realise, hey, I'm not a collectible, I'm not a real horse, but I have a purpose and my purpose is different. It is to jump over other pieces to capture the enemies. And I have to understand who I am together with the rest of the pieces on the chessboard. Nobody does the same thing. The rook has a different role. The bishop has a different role. The knight has a different role. The queen has a different role. The king has a different role can I leave this thought with you that in our discovering of who we are of whom God has made us to be and all that we will it will be a futile attempt if we do not understand who we are in the grand scheme of God's big picture and not only that in the grand scheme of the rest of the pieces in the chessboard so the last question is How do I know I've lived well? How do I know I've lived well? The Westminster Shorter Catechism in 1648 asked the first question, what is the chief end of man? The answer is this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You and me, our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever that's our highest privilege that is the greatest invitation into God's eternal realm of fellowshipping with Him Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says this Thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honour and power for Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure they are and were created today in the midst of discovering all this we have to understand this, that we are created for the pleasure of God the Father, to be invited into a relationship with Him, to know Christ, to live a life fellowship with God and with Christ. And to understand this life is to do all that God has called us to do according to His image, according to His attributes, according to His character. These two horses, will not find their true purpose, their true meaning until they realise that they are not horses, they are knights in a chessboard and they have a different role and function to play. I want to close by praying for every one of us today. Father God, I thank you for all believers in this place. Maybe we never ask the question of why am I here or maybe we ask a lot more during this period of time because we are so bombarded by the pressure, the uncertainty to the point that we, we struggle, we, we lost that purpose or we've forgotten about who God has made us to be. Father God, we open our hearts today, God, that we are not going to let all these challenges that is ahead of us, in front of us, to take our eyes away from You, God, the Creator, from why You made us in the very first place. So God, our lives is to reflect Your glory. Our lives is created for Your pleasure. But that doesn't mean there's nothing for us to do. You are a God who is creative. You are a God who is productive. And Paul teaches us to complete the task, God, that You've assigned to us to testify to the good news of Your grace god let our lives live in such a manner so that we can live it purposefully meaningfully and intentionally so god i pray for our church i pray for our leaders i pray for our team i pray for our members our new friends god that you minister to double father this morning or evening if you're watching it at another time but god i also want to pray from among us today maybe some of you yup probably you ask these questions a lot and you, you never know the answer you don't even know where to start and and you 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 tune in today you're not a believer and you realise wow, I didn't know the Bible answered all these questions I, I was quite afraid to look at the Bible or become a Christian because of what I see or experience and I'm very scared of going to church of the expectation that is expected of me but God Thank you today for speaking to me And some of you probably, you get the answer for the very first time God invites us into this relationship with Him Into this discovering of who He is By sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross To pay for the debt of our sin To invite us into a personal journey and relationship with God And so today, if you're watching this And you have never invited Jesus into your life so that God can make right that relationship. Remember the creation, the fall? God wants to redeem us, God wants to set us free. And so I want you to say this prayer after me, afterwards, so that you can say it once, all right? Say it once, so that you can begin a new relationship with God. And after that, of course, it's not just a one prayer thing. We have leaders online, we have our hosts online that you can click, I need prayer, I need help. I need to know more about Jesus. But before we even get there, say this prayer with me before we go today, is it okay? And this is probably the most important part of our gathering on this Sunday morning, amen. Say with me, say, Father God, thank you for answering those questions that I've been asking. I didn't even plan to be here, It was quite accidental that I tuned in But now I know God that you have a plan for me In your master design You want me to have a relationship with you To glorify you To live my life According to your image According to your character But then sin separated us I find it hard to know you Because I'm distanced there's no way I could come back to you, O oh God. But thank you for sending Jesus Christ to love me, to die on the cross for me, and to pay for the death of my sin so that that can be eradicated Then I can have this relationship and to get to know you again. Father, I want to open up my heart. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life to be my Lord and my Saviour. Thank you for accepting me for who I am. I want to learn to grow in my faith and to walk with Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I trust that you have been impacted by the word that we have prepared for you today. I know God is doing a work on the inside of you. So it is my desire, it is my prayer that the Word will change you from the inside out. And if you have been impacted and you want to be a part of what we're doing in spreading the Word of God to the ends of the earth, you want to partner with us, I want to ask you, challenge you, encourage you, inspire you to give to our work so that whatever that we're doing can continually be done and we can do it better and we can do it far further to the entire ends of the world. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. God bless you and looking forward to having you soon. Take care now, God bless and bye-bye.